Happy Thanksgiving from our family to yours. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't know. I This year I'm thankful. <laughs> That's it? Before we start the podcast, why don't we go around the table and say what we're all thankful for. I'm thankful for our listeners. I guess so, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> our listeners and our patrons. So I mean, I'm thankful for like all and art, you and April. Like all art, I just think that the pursuit itself is what makes it worthwhile. I'm not really doing this for an audience. I'm doing this for sure. me. No, I'm kidding. Don't sure. say sure. I'm completely joking. You know, we're doing this because we like to hang out and have a little little talk every now and then right. once a week about relying. We were K. recording all our conversations <laughs> anyway for our entire marriage. <laughs> One day we were like, well, if we focus the topic, maybe we can release some of these for the public. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I'm also thankful for the listeners and for the patrons over at patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. I'm thankful to Patreon for supplying us a format in which we can upload bonus episodes. I'm also thankful for anyone who's (laughs) gone to sadiehawkinspod.com. Com right. and bought merch. <laughs> That's right. I've no one's bought merch in a long, long time. Well, thanks to those of you who have. We haven't really past. pushed it too much. I mean, we push it every. I'm thankful. <laughs> to, to to I'm thankful, to, and I'm not thankful to T Public who shut down our site because an unrelated T Public account. <laughs> That I also ran from the same IP address, got a copyright strike, so they Even shut down. Even though it shouldn't have, because it was all original art. Yeah, it was parody. We're not, we're not getting that. We're into what we're <laughs> thankful for, not what we're I'm not thankful, thankful for, for fair use copyright, such as what we use here on the podcast when we play clips <laughs> of songs, except for the Beatles. I'm not thankful for the Beatles All right, copyright let's, let's play some of that that gray area and fair I'm use thankful, music right now. And I'm thankful... For pepperoni, because they say that in the song that we're doing this week. Oh, you're still going. Okay. Who's that wearing those silly shoes? We are wearing those silly shoes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. I'm thankful for you, most of all, Jessica. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for my co-host. Otherwise, it would just be me sitting here complaining about how Christian rock isn't a real thing. And <laughs> oh boy! And as we're about to, oh wait, wait, never mind. Whoops! I was just about to do a spoiler for the next episode. Never mind. We're not about to learn oh, that. No, you no, have you're... to wait a full week for that one. Okay. <laughs> So we're closing out. No, because right this week, we're closing out Hidden Track Month, although there's one week left in this month or whatever we're doing next week. And we're closing out Hidden Track Month right now with Silly Shoes, as it's colloquially known, I believe. Yes, yeah. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, we do have a voicemail. Oh. So why don't we play that voicemail? It came in tonight. Now, we were supposed oh, wow. to... Th- we're recording the night before Thanksgiving. I mean, I don't care if we time these it episodes. It was the night before Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's the night before Thanksgiving. We're recording. I don't even know if I'm going to edit this tonight and get it out tonight oh, or if it's no. going to go out on Thanksgiving. You People will know. Well, you know. And, um... I mean, who's going to listen to it this late anyhow? Because we're on Pacific time. But so by the time it gets out tonight. When you're tired of hanging out with your family and you look at your phone and you're like, I need something on my phone to rescue me. 
It's your old friends, Danny and Jess, there to help you out, dealing with your family. Put in your headphones, listen to us talk about Reliant K, and complain about how they need to edit their hidden tracks out on streaming, (laughs) because they get to do that one more time this week. But first, here is a voicemail that we just got tonight. If uh, we had recorded earlier, then we might not have gotten this, but here's our new voicemail. Hey guys, this is Allie. haven't called in a few weeks. However, I just had a fun piece of information to share. So um, my boyfriend and I have been dating for a few months, and I just recently found out that his older brother, his wife, so my boyfriend's sister-in-law, is cousins with our very own John Schneck. So (laughs) I'm hoping I get to stay in this family. (laughs) Anyway, just wanted to call in and share. Hopefully, Maybe I'll meet him uh, in person in the future at a family gathering of some kind. That'd be fun. Anyway, bye, guys. Oh, wow. That's hilarious and amazing. Heck, yeah. Do everything you can to marry into Reliant K. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You know, I mean, only if things stay healthy and good, you know, otherwise, you know. It's just a bonus to get to be related to Reliant K. Exactly. That's not a deal breaker when you find out that someone's related by, you know, to uh, Reliant K. I'm not really sure where you're going with that, but alrighty. Whatever. You remember it's a deal breaker? That's a deal breaker, yeah, ladies, yeah. Tina Fey. Yeah, I, I do. The classic, like everyone still quotes t- classic 30 Rock Tina Fey stuff all the time. Nobody sure. has any problems with the cast of that show. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's still constantly on TV all the time. Um,. You're related to someone in that same sort of way. We've talked about it on the podcast before. Oh, you, right, right, right. You're re- that is my blood, though. That's Oh, that's my blood. Yeah. Okay, that's not... Okay, that's right. We haven't talked about... I, we, I know we talked about it in the first year at some point, but you're related to Meg White of the White Stripes. I am. And, uh... She is a distant cousin. Yeah, call her up. Ask her what she thinks about her line. <laughs> right. I know you haven't seen her since <laughs> you were, like, eight, right, or something. Yeah, if I've ever met her, it's... My grandmother comes from a large Scottish family who came over on the boat. And so there were like seven kids. I think maybe there were only six. One of them actually was old enough to stay in Scotland at the time. And so one of her brothers... Because there's an age limit in Scotland. May, um, Meg is his granddaughter or was because he has since passed. But right. yeah. So that's whatever many cousins, however many, removed. And it's one of those rock facts that people are always surprised to learn that Jack White took his wife's name. Correct. Jack White took... First of all, some people are like, think that they're brother and sister. So one rock fact that blows people's minds is that Jack White and Meg White were husband and wife. And then once people learn that, then they learn that Jack White took Meg White's last name. And I'm like, I know that. I know that because I'm related to Meg White. <laughs> I'm the one who married into the White Stripes. Just like Allie is not married, but available to marry at some point, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Allie, for calling. So what we're saying is it's, it's, it's best to tangentially be related to a rock star in some way. So if you if anyone out there listening can get on that, you you should if you can. My only claim to fame 
I know where this is going. I can't remember the name of that celebrity because he's not. I'm not related to the celebrity. Oh, guy whose penis John Wayne Bobbitt. I think John Wayne Bobbitt. What you're looking for? I believe that's the name. I could be wrong. My uh, uh, my second uncle is now. Our younger listeners may not remember this from uh, the news before they were born. (laughs) But if you like true crime. And if you know the music of Weird Al Yankovic, the song Headline News summed up a bunch of like the biggest uh, news stories, the biggest tabloid news stories from the year before he wrote that song. There's a guy named John Wayne Bobbitt, who famously, his wife was jilted. They were just, I think they were just regular people. His wife was jilted, so she cut off his penis and... She, like, threw it in a field, and the police were called. They all got involved. This guy ended up becoming a celebrity, and eventually they were able to sew it back on, right? Like, they saved his penis. (laughs) But my late second uncle, he's passed away since then, he is the police officer. He was the police officer who found the penis on the manhunt for the penis. Like, they did that thing. That, you know, like, every, like, missing child movie or something where people make a chain in the woods and they walk through the woods calling out the person's name? There was a similar chain of police officers in this field going through looking for where she th- where she threw away the penis. And my, my uncle was the guy who found it. He's my claim to fame. Uh, aftermath. After the incident, John attempted to generate money from his renown by forming a band, The Severed Parts, to pay <laughs> oh for God. his mounting medical and legal bills, although the band was unsuccessful and failed to generate enough money. In September 1994, he appeared in the adult film John Wayne too. Bobbitt Uncut in another attempt to make money. In 1996, Uncut. he appeared it. in another adult film, Franken Penis. Also known as John Wayne Bobbitt's Franken Penis. <laughs> oh, it's an auteur work. <laughs> wow. In 1994, John was charged with striking Christina Elliott, a 21 year old former exotic dancer. Okay, okay, let's stop there. Alrighty. Wow. Class act. <laughs> But yeah, that's Lord. that was like a big '90s story. What else did Weird Al mention in the song headline news? There was the um, I think I was I think I was a little too young for this one because I don't I don't really remember that. But I did learn about it as soon as I met your mom because I'm pretty sure that was one of the early stories she told me. What were the um? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. So uh, the other stories that got mentioned in headline news by Weird Al Yankovic were the Mendez brothers. They were around the same time. They were mm-hmm. two. Uh, I don't know if they were adults. I think they were adults or like they were in college. They were or in at college. least one was in college. I've seen a documentary. Yeah, they were the Menendez. Twi- brothers. Yeah, and the thing is, like now, true crime is huge. <clears throat> so I guess technically, if you didn't know these things when they were like viral news stories in the nineties, I guess. Younger people who are into true crime will still eventually hear of these things because there's going to be documentaries about them nowadays. These stories resurface all the time on those YouTube channels that Jessica watches about true crime. But yeah, the Mendez brothers. I don't watch as many of those now. Actually, now I've kind of gotten fallen back into it just a little bit, though. But yeah, not a lot. I like Unsolved Mysteries, the old one. Gotcha. Well, anyway, the Mendez brothers are mentioned in that Weird Al song headline news as well. And the boy who was caned. The boy who was caned in Singapore, which oh, became the basis for the Australian episode of The Simpsons. 
interesting. So there was so all this stuff happened in the same year. It was like this. I'm big like, I don't news. know what you're talking about, but I have seen that Simpsons episode. <laughs> Whatever. I, I'm I'm thinking it's like ninety. Uh, I think it's like 1990 or something like that. It was just this huge year, or maybe it was like 89. It was just this huge year for news. Don't mind me just reaching across to silence Dan's phone. <laughs> it was this big news year for like weird, sensational tabloid, like pre-viral stories. Is that when uh, O.J. Simpson happened? I feel like O.J. OJ Simpson definitely happened after oh, Weird okay. Al's headline news. I like how I'm just obsessed with Weird Al's headline news being the most zeitgeisty thing for the John Wayne Bobbitt story and these other three stories, the other two stories Weird Al chose to mention in that song. But the other, what was the other one? The other one, so the Singapore caning. I don't remember the kid's name, but there was uh, an American tourist and he was a teenager and oh, he wow. was in Singapore and he graffitied while he was in Singapore and he got arrested and he was caned because that was the standard legal punishment for graffiti in Singapore. And it became an international incident because they felt like, you know, because first of all, people get arrested for things in international countries when they're American citizens all the time, or they get put in prison. And then there's like delegations to try to get, people out of those prisons whether it becomes a big sensational news story or not i think it happens pretty often but in this case because he was an american minor he they felt you know became an international incident of Mm. he shouldn't have been treated with a capital punishment in another country for what accounts for a non-violent crime a non-violent non-drug related crime so it became a big international incident it became the inspiration for the Simpsons episode in Australia and the big boot thing. Like the big boot thing is like a funny Australian reference, but the fact that they want to kick uh, Bart in the butt with a giant boot is a reference to that real life American teen who was caned. Interesting. Because it's a very, very violent, because it's a scar. It's literally scarring. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think, you know, cruel and unusual punishment. It's a cruel and unusual punishment. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, I mean, when you get down to it, our prison system is also cruel and unusual punishment. <laughs> I'm sort of playing a character, but also the prison system is really screwed up. But anyway. Look, this isn't Magnified Pod, so why don't we just go ahead and move, <laughs> yeah, move along. This is This is a song called Silly Shoes, so how about we get on to Lou, the you want to get silly? Well, that's how I started out, talking about Weird Al Yankovic and John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne, nope. John Wayne Bobbitt. <laughs> it's not. John Wayne Gacy. Different one. <laughs> no, different, different individuals. Right, 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 right. And no Weird Al songs about him. Anyway, yes, today we are talking about the song that is known as Silly Shoes, the hidden track on two lefts, don't make a right, but three do. It's, again, a hidden track, so it's hidden at the end of... <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm just restating. It's a hidden track, so it's hidden Uh at the end of Jefferson Aeroplane, at the end of Two Laughs, Don't Make a Right, But Three Do. Man, Jefferson Aeroplane is far too epic of a song for this hidden track to be attached to it. I'm sorry. Right, So so the hidden track starts at 7 minutes and 20 seconds after Jefferson Aeroplane, and... I'm going to just get this out of the way right now. It's the last episode of Hidden Track Month. I'm going to say it one more time. Ryan K., if you're out there listening, 
any other artist who might be out there listening who has hidden tracks. I'm going to say it. It's the last time I get to say it, unless I just say it for no good reason. you. You get one minute, and that's it. You have artists who existed in the CD era and have allowed their CD-style hidden tracks to still be emulated on streaming, you've got to go in and fix that shit. You've got to go in and cut that hidden track out of streaming. It is such a waste. It is so ridiculous. And it doesn't make any sense. And it's literally only hurting the artist. Because when people go to listen to Jefferson Airplane or K-Car... You're gonna, most people are gonna finish the song and then skip it. And then it's gonna register on like the scrobbles and the play counts as skips. And then you're gonna think that this isn't a very popular. Jefferson Airplane is one of the best Relying K songs of all time. And I bet its play counts on streaming are not accurate because this hidden track is at the end. K Car, maybe not like, but I, I, I'm sure the streaming counts. No, no, I'm sure the streaming counts for K Car are not accurate, but they probably wouldn't be that much bigger. But Jefferson Airplane is an amazing song, and you can't put it on a playlist. Hidden tracks, and I researched this after last time. I was correct. The first hidden track was on the album Nevermind. Nirvana created the CD hidden track, and yes, the the Nirvana estate knows to go in. And edit out the hidden track on streaming and make the hidden track its own separate track. And that's what every band has to do because CD hidden tracks... Jessica walked away. <laughs> She's going to check something. She's going to check some uh, the vinyl. CD hidden tracks were invented for the CD. Here's a comparison. Last thing I, I'll... Third to last thing I'll say about this. <laughs> The 8-track. Do you know the thing about the 8-track tape? What is the thing about the 8-track tape, Danny? You couldn't fast-forward it. You couldn't fast-forward and rewind it. You could only, like, skip ahead a couple songs at a time. Well, no wonder that's that why, was a... That was part of the reason why it was a, a failed... technology. fast te- lose me That's now. part of the reason it was a failed technology, <laughs> is because, like, you would ha- it would have to lump a couple songs together into one, quote-unquote, track. So, if your favorite song... If you had an 8-track of anatomy of tongue and cheek or two we're talking about two lefts if you had an if you had a a track of a of uh two lefts found a teenage mutant ninja turtles live strong bracelet uh over here oh wow it's from 2009 did i give this to you at some point i find it hard to believe that even with its stretchiness this would fit over your hand try it on I'll try on my Ninja Turtle bracelet. So, if you had an 8-track... <laughs> oh, it fits, yeah. If you had an 8-track of two lefts, don't make a right. Is that tight? And your favorite... No. And your favorite song was Forward Motion, you would have to listen to Chapstick, Mood Rings, and Falling Out before you could listen to fa- Forward Motion. Imagine if that was forced to still happen on streaming. People would be like, what the hell is going on? But that's basically what we're still enforcing on people in the streaming era. The CD track, hidden track, was invented for the CD. It's meaningless and antiquated and silly, funnily enough, on streaming. And that's my TED Talk. Thank you very much. Well, I did get up to just to check the vinyl because, actually, earlier, I was like... 
I was couldn't remember if we voted on the hidden tracks or not. And so right. I double checked the inside since the inside of the fan curated vinyl has all of the songs that you could you could vote from listed there and then they crossed out the songs that weren't picked and checked off the songs that were. And I had forgotten if Jefferson Airplane made it or not. I know I voted for the Jefferson Airplane demo personally. Right. Because uh, that is one of my favorite Reliant K songs and that particular version of it. Um, but I was just double checking to see if it had, in fact, made it or not. Because I feel like it was and, rated pretty highly. Yeah. And to see if the track lists. If the well, track- I got up earlier. I, not right. when I got up right now. Earlier, I took out the vinyl just to see if the track list names were on there for the hidden tracks, they were not. And so right now I realized that I didn't double check to see if Jefferson airplane had made it or not. So that's what I was checking during Danny's tangent. And that would also, I wish, and I went back and I found the link to the day that Reliant K announced the voting for the fan curated vinyl and the link is dead. I mean, the link is technically still takes you to the website where you were able to order the vinyl, which is sold out now, but the ballot itself does not exist anymore. And I'm like, shoot, I really wish we had like saved or printed a page yeah, of definitely. that ballot. Because yeah. were the hidden tracks on there? Because, yeah, the hidden tracks might not have won, although Skittles and Combos is secretly on the fan curated vinyl. But were the, all the hidden tracks votable? Because if they were, then that would be the closest thing to canonical confirmation of the titles of these songs. Yeah, because because I felt like they were. Mm -hmm. But I also don't know if that was just us joking at the time that we were going to vote Vote for for the hidden track and kids on the street. Everything like that. So I don't remember if it was just us joking. And so in my memory, it was on the list. Or if it was actually on the list. So I'm wondering if anyone out there somehow... I even looked and I found like one person's screen cap. I found one person's screen cap of their confirmation page from when they completed their ballot. But I didn't find any screen caps of the ballot itself. Did anyone save a copy of the ballot? Because I'd like to see if the hidden tracks are on there. Yeah, please send it in because I know one of you did. Yeah. (laughs) This is like the episode of that 70s show where... Kitty Foreman's like, I need a cigarette. She's like, I know one of you has one. And she like closes her eyes and she's like, I will count to ten. Put the cigarette between my fingers. And then she's like, they, some finally somebody gives it to her. And then she's like, and light it. And then like they all pull lighters out. Well, the thing that if we could get a copy of that ballot from the voting of the vinyl, that it would show the titles because we talked about this last week. But the titles of these hidden tracks aren't like, you know, last week we talked about Punk Rock Picnic. It seems to be pretty canonical that the name of the hidden track on at least the rocking section with the TV noise is called Punk Rock Picnic. It's it's referenced on Discogs. A lot of fans know it as Punk Rock Picnic. Fans from in the past knew it. We couldn't find any official source that definitely said that track is called Punk Rock Picnic. But it just seems to be a given that it's called Punk Rock Picnic. But Silly Shoes is a, I, as far as I can tell, it's a, it's like a colloquialism. It's like a, it's an accepted title right. for this hidden track. But as far as I know, it might not be the canonical name for the track. Maybe Reliant K themselves, because of the fans calling it Silly Shoes, have accepted that it's called Silly Shoes, but it's not the confirmed 
title for this track. And like there are similar situations where that kind of stuff has happened. Like two cases in the Star Wars fandom I can just happen to think of. Everyone started calling Grogu Baby Yoda the second he was introduced. But Disney never called him Baby Yoda. And eventually they released the name Grogu. But everyone still knows him as Baby Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is still technically a fan name for that character. And then there was a similar thing with the... Uh, the stormtrooper in Force Awakens that yells out traitor and then attacks Finn, if you remember that scene. Like, mm-hmm. people were, fans were obsessed with that particular, like, what's the, what's the story there? If you remember, it became a little viral for the Star Wars fandom to, like, call that character T-R-A-T-R or something like that, like, traitor, because he yelled out traitor. But that wasn't his canonical name. And mm-hmm. then like eventually Disney was like, no, we know this guy's canonical name. Here it is. And it's some other boring <laughs> stormtrooper <laughs> number. <laughs> so like there are times in, and I'm sure there's other situations where fans have their own name for something, but there's actually a canonical name. Or like Jaws. Like the character, like it's actually known as Bruce, right? The, the shark is known as Bruce right. by the production, but everyone calls him Jaws. But nobody calls him Jaws. No one in the movie calls him Jaws. Everyone <laughs> just calls him Jaws. So Silly Shoes is not officially the title of this track. Right. We haven't even talked about what it is <laughs> for anyone who might not have ever listened. It's, I'm sorry to cut you off. It's the joke awful fake rap at the end you already said it's the hidden track i said it's the hidden track but i said it's i didn't say it's a fake joke rap like that's what we have to deal with here (laughs) so i don't know if this is correct or not but according to tv tropes two lefts don't make a right but three do technically untitled referred to by fans as silly shoes two lefts don't make a right but three do is technically untitled and uh, it was named by the fans. Right. Allegedly. I believe that. I believe that. That it's just an untitled track that gets named by the fans. Like, you know, and another one is like Blink-182. Their 2003 record is technically untitled. But then it got... But like no one really officially goes around untitling their album. So I, for, so for a long time, people just assumed it was a self-titled album. But it's not self-titled. It's literally untitled. It's not even called Untitled. It was meant to be just we have no title. It was supposed to be Blink-182's 2003 album. And then it has a number of fan names like Self-Unentitled. Gotcha. Anyway. Self-Unentitled? Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Alrighty. Well, yeah. So you mentioned how this might be causing Jefferson Airplane plays. So it's funny because I put this track on while I was working and I got sidetracked with work. And then I got a phone call completely forgot that I had started the song during the silent part and I jumped when it suddenly burst back on because I had put it at like I don't know five minutes whatever and like was just letting it play went off did other things and then suddenly it just starts playing and I was like oh good lord I forgot especially because it starts with a guy going pepperoni right (laughs) so this is a joke ridiculous purposefully awful rap song it's a joke rap song and i've been talking about it but i kind of wanted to i was trying to get john rubin to be a guest on this episode because this is relying k's rap song i realized what's he so busy dippity doing the hundredth time you said that and it's never not funny (laughs) (laughs) but we couldn't get him on the podcast no guest this week but this is Ryan K doing an awful rap song. And that in and of itself is like a trope of like comedy or fun rock bands 
doing a purposefully cheesy rap. Like, can you think of other examples of that? I feel like it happens all the time. I know in my life, and I'm and I know for, (laughs) I know for a fact that every single teenager who's ever lived in suburbia (laughs) has recorded a bad rap track and you're like oh it's supposed to be bad it's fun and goofy not everyone's average homeboy not everyone takes it seriously no but i had i recorded a bad comedy rap with my with my friend johnny in high school i know you recorded some like purposefully cheesy rap songs when you were young sure and it's just a thing it's almost like a rite of passage where you're like like i can do rap badly on purpose right and it happens all the time this is just where lion k decided to do it i mean especially when when you know during the the era of which we were young goofy preteens and right. teens you know because the song is weird it's goofy it's fun when you're younger and the word random is the biggest thing ever and everything is so random and this song is like the definition of random right but also i feel like when you start finding real randomness like when you discover real like dadaist art and stuff like you realize this isn't really that random like right. this is still within the realm of the trope of purposefully bad rap it's this doesn't... still enough to blow your like preteen yeah mind i still understand that like especially if you only know rap from the radio if you're not really a rap fan and if you've never heard any other like comedy or parody rap songs before and you hear your favorite pop punk song pop punk band do like a goofy bad on purpose rap at the end of their album it can kind of blow your mind but i just feel like without being able to pull up any real examples i knew of this concept well before i heard reliant k do it also of all the hidden tracks this is definitely the one that i've like checked out the most i wouldn't say i'm like a fan of this track But, like, I never really listened to Punk Rock Picnic pretty much ever. Mm -hmm. I only listened to Skittles and Combos a couple of times. I didn't even discover Skittles and Combos by myself. I never got to the hidden track section. It was my friends who were like, we're bringing Skittles and Combos to the show tonight. And I'm like, why? (laughs) Because I had missed that hidden track. But this hidden track is one of the few that I got to in Reliant K's discography. And I checked it out a couple of times. But again, I was like used to real comedy, like good comedy music and good parody music. (laughs) So I was like not really like, I was like, oh, this is fun. And I'm glad they had a slap in jail. (laughs) Oh, my mom took that CD away. I will say April does not like this song. Her (laughs) ears twitched. No, her ears twitched a lot. And she kept looking at me warily while it was playing. (laughs) So maybe don't play this one around your dogs. Uh. (laughs) I would be interested in put it on the list. Oh, boy. What was what was I mean, I can understand. I can already assume I know the answer. What was the impetus for doing this? I know the answer to that without ever asking anyone in Reliant K. Let's goof around and make a fake rap song. The end. That's the only reason they did it. But what I want to know more specifically is what was the compositional genesis of this song? Like, okay, you set out and you're like, we're going to make a bad on purpose rap at the end of our CD. But like, who makes the decision of what exactly that's going to be? Because it's like a very cheesy beat It's not an actual real hip-hop beat. 
it's kind of an electronica beat, to be honest, right? Why are you such like a natural interviewer? You'll just like come up with questions like, <laughs> what was the compositional like impetus of silly shoes and things like that? I would never think to just like ask that. Sometimes like I know, okay, I don't think, I don't actually think I, I'm a good interviewer, but sometimes I don't want to go for the easy questions because I'm like, I know that's been asked a million times. Yeah, said uh, said like every journalist ever. You should be a journalist. One time I was listening to an interview with Walter Goggins. He plays the sheriff in, is that the right guy? I want to look him up. But I believe he was the sheriff in uh, Hateful Eight. Okay. Let me just make sure I'm at, it's actually Walter Goggins. Everyone, just, just, Jessica, give us a little wrap. Oh, I thought, oh, good lord. Okay, I found it It is Walter Goggins. Okay. (laughs) When Hateful Eight was coming out, or it had been out for a year, I was listening to an interview with Walter Goggins, and the question that now he's going to get for the rest of his life is, were you really the sheriff of Red Rock? Because when you're introduced to him, if you remember the movie, he says, I'm the sheriff of Red Rock, I need a ride to Red Rock, I'm on my way there, right? And then he's the sheriff but you got to take him at his word. He might not actually be the sheriff. It's kind of implied he might have just said that to get on the to get on the 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 whatever you call it, the carriage, and he ends up there at the at the hateful eight house, <laughs> whatever it's called. I don't remember anything from the hateful eight except that <laughs> that beautiful seventy millimeter technology was absolutely squandered and wasted inside of a house. And I don't care that it means you can see every what every single character's doing. More sweeping landscapes. That's what it was designed for. Anyway, I was listening to an interview with Walter Goggins, and in The Hateful Eight, he plays the sheriff, but you don't really know for absolute certain if he really was the sheriff. And he asked Quentin Tarantino, am I actually the sheriff? Should I know this? And he said, that's up to you. Quentin Tarantino told Walter Goggins, that's up to you. So Walter Goggins made a definitive decision if his character really was the sheriff of Red Rock or not. And he's and I was going to get asked that question for the rest of his life, just like Quentin Tarantino gets asked questions like what was in the briefcase and Pulp Fiction, et cetera, et cetera. And so this these interviewers were like, ask, kept asking me, you sure you don't want to tell us? You sure you don't want to tell us? I was like, no. The interesting question is, did you where did you find the answer? Don't tell me. Was he were were you the sheriff Ooh, or not? Ask See, him. Ask him. You. Did you find the answer in the script? Or did you just find the answer for yourself? That's what I want to know. Because I don't even need to know, are you the sheriff or not? I just need to know, where did you find that answer? Did you find that answer as you were pouring through the script or as you were doing your own personal character like development and research? Yeah. So that's the kind of of stuff I'm interested in necessarily is like, I don't need to know exactly. I know. I know why they made this track. But I want to know, once they decide to make the track, who is in charge? Because it is such a bad rap song. I mean, I want to know who's down. even on it. Because, yeah. I mean, you hear Tisa in some parts, but is it you know just Tisa's like other two guys different pitch differently? Yeah, is yeah it, who's MC know, Defenseless? Who's Pepperoni? Right. We may or may not find out later. There is a Reddit post, but per usual, I don't actually read them. I just sort of skim them very lightly to make sure that they're actually <laughs> uh, that they actually make any sort of sense to uh, the episode. And then I'm like, okay, cool, and I'll bring it to the show. So, so the the as I was saying, the beat in this song is not even like a proper hip hop rap beat. It's like an electronica beat. It's like a it's like an EDM beat. 
So I'm like, how did that? What was that decision? Did you like? Did they go? And I've, I've they they work for Goaty Records, and okay, they're probably they're, they're in. What, but do like, they work for work for Goaty Hook? You've said that joke before as well. Because you say Goaty instead of goatee. Goatee. Okay, excuse me. <laughs> do they, uh, I intentionally <laughs> do the dippity do and joke just to annoy you? I know. <laughs> so. They're they're the only rock band on a predominantly hip hop label. You think they would have access to some like good elements to have maybe make the um the bed you know the track for this fake rap song make the track sound good, but then do bad rapping on top of it. But instead, no. I think the beat is very inauthentic and bad. It's really bad. It's not a good. And I don't know hip hop very well, but I know it when I hear it. And it's like, like they're in Markley Townsend's uh, studio, probably right or something like that. And maybe they just don't have like a lot of hip hop elements like lying around. They don't have a big library of hip hop tracks ready to go, so they just find some stuff and they put in these classical. Uh, they put in these samples of classical string arrangements with this bad EDM style beat, and it approximates this thing that's kind of like late 80s, early 90s hip hop. Like they're referencing, you know, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air lyrics in there. So they're purposefully yeah. trying to reference the sort of more fun and deliberately cheesy, but at the time was still legitimate version of hip-hop from the late 80s and the 90s like the run dmc's the fresh prince of bel-airs probably like like the curtis blow kind of stuff where it's like more like post fun disco music really you're like the nightmare on my street right because like a lot of the early fun hip-hop really does come out of like some of some section of disco culture and dj culture and like records and like mashing up records and it's just more fun and stuff. So it's like, then eventually there's like, you know, I man, I know a little bit about hip hop, but I'm not going to pretend I know a lot about it. I just know this, this, this track musically sounds really bad and that might be on purpose, but I want to know who constructed, who did the arrangement of this song sonically aside from the lyrical decisions they made and the jokes that they wrote. I want to know who sonically constructed this track. But I don't know if we know that. Maybe we'll find that out in the Reddit post. But we should go over... Now, this is the first time we're not going to talk about lyrics. We're going to talk about bars. What? (laughs) We're going to talk about bars. What do you mean? I just pulled the lyrics up. I know. These aren't lyrics. These aren't lyrics. These are bars, Jessica. I I get it now. It took me a minute. So, remind me, it opens up with pepperoni, which is... So that seems to be... That comes from later in the track when they start talking about pizza. (laughs) They start talking Mm -hmm. about the pizza party. So it seems like someone yelled out pepperoni because later in the track they're talking about pizza parties. And then I guess they thought it'd be funny. Grab that little guy. Grab... Who is it, Brian or Dave or someone yelling out pepperoni and bring that to the front of the track because it's funny and it'll wake people up after three minutes of silence on the hidden track. So what comes after pepperoni? And it was all just a dream baby rap song. <laughs> and those were our kind of more whispered sort of lyrics. Right. Um, <clears throat> verse one. I am the confused necklace. I keep getting restless. Eating 20 pounds of Paschetti for breakfast still showing up iconic on your 10 best dress list 
I told you my name is MC Defenseless. Duct tape wrapped around my feet, held hostage before the big track meet. 15 feet, 14 feet, excuse me, from 18th Street. (laughs) I know for a fact that you'll think I'm neat. Verse 2. All those words did rhyme. Yo, you (laughs) stick around like a fly on the wall. With surround sound, you found that you hear it all. When it all comes through, I hear you say subdued. I never thought money really mattered to you. When all the king's horses and all the king's men took all the king's credit and they started to spend... It all on the worthless and tragedy, (laughs) worthlessness, a tragedy went, yes. I got to say, like, when you just read these, I don't mean you personally, but when you just read these lyrics out, they're really not funny. (laughs) (laughs) All that brings the humor to this song, I'm sorry I'm being so critical of Silly Shoes, but all that really brings the humor to this song is the context of knowing it's Reliant K and kind of purposely hearing just and how bad it is, and the cadence, stuff. the goofy the cadence, music, yeah. and the cadence with which they're bringing it. But the rap lyrics themselves, the bars, are not really clever, and they're not even, like, bad clever on purpose. You know, we know that Teeson makes up songs in soundtrack and such. It would not surprise me if he just did this as a, like, one-off goofy thing and just recorded this all in one go and that was it. Or, yeah. And then did production stuff later. Or just wrote it all down in one go and was like, this is what we're doing, Kerouac style. Or there's times where they're on tour <laughs> with, with well, they're on tour with John Rubin or they're doing a Christian uh, festival and you hear rap bed tracks for the, the legitimate rap artists that are there and he just starts making up bad rap in his head on purpose mm-hmm. and he's like this would be funny to use sometime he writes it down and then he has it ready when on the third album they finally decide to do a purposefully bad rap it all on the worthlessness a tragedy went you're moving in with your auntie and uncle in bel-air interlude (laughs) that's the only legitimately funny moment in the track because you hear the like what is that voice was that voice say the first time (laughs) let me sorry i have to take a look it's in a book it's reading rainbow see now that would have been a good uh, a good um (laughs) sample for them to use where'd you move it okay where did I move it to? No. Where did Genius move it to? So you hear the little voice in the background underneath Tyson's first rap character go, I never thought money really mattered to you. That's like an, that's like another character. That's like a hype man character just kind of saying that underneath. And then when they go, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. That's kind of funny. That's the only like funny and clever <laughs> thing where this like third voice in the rap just randomly says one section of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like you can understand the intent of this track a little better when you hear that reference. It's the only part that really makes me smile. The rest of it is painful. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the worst freestyle rapper ever. Um, uh, give me a second. Uh, (laughs) shoot. Um, uh, all right, here we go. Verse three. Apples are green and carrots are orange. And then they go and then you go. I love your flat matter of fact (laughs) recitation of of this 
song. What? Nothing. What rhymes with orange? Oh, geez. I am really bad. Just gimme, gimme a second. Nah, man, you're done. I also love that you're not even like sort of repeating the actual cadence of the song. You're real. Uh, oh, man, gimme a second. Nah, man, you're done. <laughs> Just Verse four. Who's that? It's like those, those experiments, those experiments you see on YouTube videos for music sometimes where someone is given the lyrics to a really well-known famous song, but it's like this it's like person's William never Shatter heard. just reading something. Yeah. Out, yeah. It's like make this song in context or draw this character from memory or something like right. that. Verse four. Who's that wearing those silly shoes? We're wearing those silly shoes. And this is obviously the most powerful lyrical moment of the song because... It's a very painful, purposely bad rap song. And I would say everything up to this point, like the MC Defenseless and the bad on purpose, worst M- freestyle rapper of all time. Like these are jokes that makes that are funny but in their way, but they're, they don't hold up. They're not good. They're not even like good funny to me. This is all my opinion, folks. Like if you love this, I'm sorry. But I think like you can even understand that I might like appreciate what they tried to do, but not find it funny. Getting to these like gang vocal section with everyone saying things back and forth, and then the heavy rock and guitar, like the Run DMC style guitar coming in. This is where the song kind of picks up. If most of the song had been the second half of it, I would be a little bit more forgiving of this song overall. Well, I really hate those silly shoes. We all really hate those silly shoes. Do you think the silly shoes are penny loafers? Oh my gosh. Please stop wearing those silly shoes. This is the same sessions. Yeah, right? Because Penny Loafer Saved is from this album, right? Or it's from from uh, from Empl- Employee of the Month EP, which was for this album. We, all st- we won't stop wearing our silly shoes. They're just shoes, man. Well, I've learned somebody was really obsessed with the with the penny loafers. Well, I've learned to respect your silly shoes. The respect we'll use so that we won't lose. Can I try on a pair of your silly shoes? Man, quit talking about those silly shoes. You say I'm boring, but I say hardly. Let's get together and have a pizza party. Pizza party, pepperoni. Outro. Tying it all together, bookending the pepperonis. And it was all just a dream. Forever. Outro two. Snakes. So do you like how this song is almost like a is almost like a musical palindrome? It ends, it opens with the pepperoni and it's all just a dream, and then it ends with the pepperoni and it's all just a dream. It's not quite a palindrome. Not quite. It's got the snakes, but sure, darling. Um, and I just remembered. Are you familiar? I I feel like maybe one of the biggest influences on this song, and I never tied this together until this moment. <clears throat> But here they are, another Christian band that is clearly influential on Relying K, so much so that Relying K wrote a tribute song to them when they broke up the first time. Are you familiar with this? I don't know which one it is. Is this Five Iron Frenzy is either dead or dying? No. I don't know which one it is. Here it is. This is Five Iron Frenzy. This is Five Iron Frenzy. Oh wow! Are you, do you have you heard tell of the ro- of the pants rock opera? These are not my pants. 
Have you heard me ever say these are not my pants? Yes, or? but I've never heard this song. It's <laughs> this and the, you, sometimes you say something about a yellow comb or something. I don't really know. <laughs> That's an actual song. So on Five Iron, just, just look... <laughs> On Five Iron Frenzy, one of on Five Iron Frenzy's EP. Oh, good lord! Why are there fifteen versions? There's called "These Are Not My Pants," the rock opera, and it's a bu- it's a bunch of songs in different musical styles about how these are not my pants and whose pants are these, I right? See. It's actually more like they might be giants than anything. I was gonna to do say, a collection of small songs in different genres. I see something like this, and I go, "Oh, now I know why Danny Speaking likes." Speaking of band. which, I was just on this might be a podcast <laughs> with Greg Simpson. Talking the song by song, they might be giants podcast. Talking about my evil twin. Same week that this came out. Go check that out. That's right. Go give it a listen. You can hear Jessica going what in the background when I <laughs> ask her a question at one point. <laughs> so Jessica makes a little appearance. But anyway, this is a multi-track, like just joke thing on their EP. That's not a hidden track because it's the second half of the CD with a bunch of different songs all on the subject of who owns these pants here? Whose pants are these? Are they Bobby's? Are they Billy's? Whose pants are these? And the last one... Are those members of the band or it's just random? That's just random. Okay. <laughs> Very nice question. There's like 15 Very people in Five Iron Frenzy. I don't <laughs> There's know. a good chance there could be a Bobby and a Billy. <laughs> There's like 18 horn players and then some guitarists and other things. You've seen them live like four times. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, you've never heard them play this song. but I think this there's is a keyboardist in there. This is the joke rap that Five Iron Frenzy does. I Listen see. to it. It's way funnier. <laughs> It's way, way funnier than than Relying K's. And I just realized that hypothetically... Relying K ripped them off Relying, to do as good of a job. Relying K probably was like, yeah, a fake jokey rap song is a fun thing to do in the studio as, as a fun thing just to blow off some steam. And then we can put it on a hidden track on the album. And they're prob- they might have been influenced by Five Iron Frenzy's rap section of the These Are Not My Pants rock opera. But the These Are Not My Pants rock opera is like the the bed track sounds good. It's leg- sounds like legitimate hip hop. So then when they put the jokes on top, the bad rap on top, it kind of sells it more. But to have bad rap lyrics and bad rap uh, what it, bed tracks, like bad rap sonically, not it's not even like legitimate hip hop. Like, I just don't understand what's going on with this track. And now they're both songs about articles of clothing. So I'm really thinking, like, mm-hmm. the lyrical idea yeah. of making the, like, mentioning whose silly shoes are these and then talking about the silly shoes and I gotta respect your silly shoes and can I get a pair of those silly shoes. It's just the pants thing by Five Iron Frenzy, but condensed down to three minutes instead of, like, 20 minutes or however, however long all the pants songs are together. I just realized something that I meant to mention at top of the show. I don't know if they're still available or not, but there was another pressing put out of Forget and Not Slow Down. Too late. It sold and out while we did, were talking. I don't did know. it sell out already? I okay. Don't I don't know because I didn't check. And I was like, oh, man, because as soon as I got the email about it, I was like, Dan, make sure that you push this on our socials. I did. And okay, cool. And I know Reliant K did as well, but I just want to make sure that I know. Well, I mean, they have a more who- limited audience than us. <laughs> 
I know there's lots of people who really want it. So I'm like, shoot, I just wanted to make sure that we also announced it here just in case you aren't a social media person, but you are a podcast person. Oh, apparently it's still in stock as oh, of great. right now. Well, then look Which at is that. funny because it sold out so quickly last time. It's still in stock at this moment. And I'm sure, well, I shouldn't say I'm sure, but SMLXL may or may not do some sort of a Black Friday thing. So be sure to get on it, you know. If you want a copy, because I know there's lots of people out there who really want copies. Forget Not Slow Down, the greatest hip-hop song of all time. So this isn't even technically Reliant K's only rap-adjacent song. I I would not say that Reliant K has any hip-hop songs. Like, that's another thing, is like, hip-hop and rap are not the same thing. Hip-hop is the culture, rap is the style of is one of is of elements of the style of the music that is prevalent in hip hop. Uh, rapping is talking is the talk singing. It's called it's called rapping because you're rapping. Like you can technically rap in other styles of music, and the only other time that Reliant K has specifically rapped on record that I can think of is the Cake song, The Distance, which we talked about. Right. The Distance on Patreon.com/slash Sadie Hawkins Pod. <laughs> I do think that Cake is that counts- not one that we've released. Uh- during a during Maybe. a week. Oh yeah. yeah, I think we did release it free one time. But Cakes the Distance, I believe, is technically a rap song, but it is absolutely not a hip hop song. So th- I think that's also like the difference. Like here they're trying to be rap and hip hop, but being bad no matter how you slice it. And then I guess it also brings up the ideas of like just to touch on this, but like the ideas of appropriation and what is like appropriate when it comes to taking on you know doing like is it appropriate for a bunch of ohio white 20 somethings to be doing a fake joke mocking rap song i'm sure different people have different opinions on this personally i don't think it counts as appropriation because i think hip-hop from its inception was intended as well there's there's different ways you can look at this but hip-hop is intended as mass market music. It's intended as a form of music to spread out to the world. And literally every single race, nationality, creed, everyone on every type of person on planet Earth has had some influence with rap and hip hop music. So I think that hip hop culture belongs to the entire planet. Even average homeboy who just raps about his privilege. That's the that's where the appropriation can can start to be acknowledged is that like hip hop was created by urban African American people and then pretty quickly just like jazz did when we watched like Ken Burns jazz and from almost immediately like white people wanted to t- well like jazz is fun let's take this from them deliberately like they were early jazz white aficionados who were like yeah jazz is great let's make it white and like take and like push push out the the black people from it they ultimately couldn't do that because it was too much of a powerful force i think the same thing happens in hip-hop it's like the people who 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 created it and have been able to push it along and progress it are consistently you know where it began with african americans but it still is something like air or food like hip-hop music is something that influences every aspect of our culture so and hip-hop culture itself has influenced so many things that i don't think like doing a joke hip-hop rap in and of itself is appropriation then there's ways you can push it like if you start taking the vernacular that doesn't belong to you if you start like saying certain words that absolutely aren't your words like when a 
when a folksy guitar artist does a rap song and they're just taking the vernacular and saying certain lyrics that they don't have they shouldn't be saying like they shouldn't and just because oh it's funny that they're doing this in a folks they're taking this song and doing it in a folksy way there's other hip-hop and rap songs they could do that wouldn't be problematic for them to cover but that's where i think the appropriation comes in right jessica you're the most political of all of us (laughs) tell me where i'm right or wrong here well now that we're gonna go and cancel danny we're gonna take our break (laughs) and uh we'll be right back Thank you so much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. If you want to join the conversation, please contact us with thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE, or send an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. You can also visit our socials. Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all at Sadie Hawkins Pod, where you can see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as our merch store for shirts, mugs, and stickers. And on Facebook, search for Sadie Hawkins Group to discuss our show and Reliant K. It's admin by Danny, so honestly, you can probably post almost anything there. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Samantha, Matthew, Bjorn, Emily, Isaac, Kindle, Joshua, Daniel, Jay, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes. Unlock dozens of existing bonus apps, including K is for Karaoke songs, every chapter of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book, stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon-exclusive shirt when you have donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Whether you join the Patreon or not, we appreciate that you have a lot of choices for podcasts out there in the world, so it's nice that you chose us. Thanks. So believe it or not, we do have song I'm meetings. I'm walking on air, I never <laughs> thought it would be so free Because of course we That's do. a better song, they should have just covered that for the hidden track. <laughs> April agrees. <laughs> Oh. R-K-E-L-A. Oh. Oh. I forgot I forgot April's mid-podcast bribe, <laughs> so she'll stop making noise on mic. She sta- she sits there. She She's like, I don't like you guys podcasting at night. Give me a treat so I'll shut up. There you go, April. I love you. Okay. R-K-E-L-A on July 26, 2006 said, May I just add that this song... Maddie is labeled as the worst freestyle rapper ever. While the second verse, you stick around like a fly on the wall, is sung by, in fact, Maddie. Go figure. Um, yes. So I gotta say, I never actually thought that anyone might question that. But it clearly, it makes sense to me that he's being two separate characters. That might be confusing. I never actually felt confused by it, but I guess it could be confusing. There are two different sets of Matt Thiessen on this track, and he is two... I'm, I'm just, I just feel like this is definitive. He is two separate characters, both played by Matt Thiessen. It's a Eddie Murphy situation, when he, or Mike Myers, when, he, when they play multiple characters in the same movie. So when he raps okay... 
he's not the world's worst freestyle rapper. They didn't introduce him as that. He's like, so you that part is one guy. The world's worst freestyle rapper. That's another guy. They both are played by actor Matt Thiessen. I was listening to the song in my living room and the last song was over. I forgot to turn off the CD player. I was doing dishes when all I heard was a loud and frightening pepperoni. It scared the bejeebers out of me. That happened to you. Yep. Toby Hawk Boys on August 19th, 2010 said, this is the pure definition of randomness. The first time I listened to this was on Windows Music Player. I know. (laughs) See? Uh, Windows Windows Music Music Player? Player. That's even more random. (laughs) I noticed the big gap after Jefferson Aeroplane and was curious. I jumped ahead and was startled by a loud pepperoni. From there, I was... Everyone's startled by this pepperoni. Continuously laughing at all these random jumps. I love the worst rapper ever bit. I showed it... I shoot it to my friend and he totally LOL'd. I agree. The no man you're doing, you're done, always gets a laugh from me. But my favorite thing from this is definitely the silly shoe thing. I thought it was finally done, then jumped when I heard snakes. You jumped when he went, snakes. Like, that's not... It's not like he went, snakes! Do you think the snakes thing is... Do you think that got the CD taken away by any crazy Christian parents who were like, snakes? Like the devil? This album is influenced by the devil? It's pretending to be Christian to take you away from the Lord? Sable Chat Rat on January 5th, 2007 said... I believe the song is about a guy who fell asleep in front of the TV. I was tipped off by you're living with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. Okay. Okay. That's a very interesting idea that someone fell asleep in front of the TV. It was all just a dream. And then they just, they dream this rap. And then in real life, while they're asleep, they hear the Fresh Prince theme song and it floats into their mind. I've had plenty of dreams where something actually on the TV is affecting my dream. Like I'm hearing something and I can't actually, my brain's not comprehending what's actually on TV, but it's it's absorbing into my dream. The only one I can remember is one time the Flintstones was playing in the room. I was young. Like my sister was still a kid and I was a teenager and she was watching the Flintstones or had it on while I was taking a nap. And, like, I had a very Flintstones-confused dream. Uh, Seabird Maniac on March 26, 2007 said, If you ask me, yeah, Sable Chat Rat sounds right. I think the pepperoni and it was all just a dream, just a dream, just a dream thing means that this whole rap spelled W-R-A-P was his dream. And this is a whole recap of the dream and he woke up as soon as they decided to have a pizza party man what a horrible time to wake up winky smiley face i feel like uh uh, this is interesting to interpret this but i don't think that there is any deeper meaning to this song than reliant k wants to write a bad rap on purpose I'm just kind of skimming through the other comments. And another thing about editing out the hidden track for streaming. (laughs) Don't let me get a word in edgewise, Jessica, because I will fill that space. Ocean Heart 13 on February 11, 2011 said, This song makes me crack up. If anyone on this page knows what Invader Zim is, then type in 
a tribute to the madness on YouTube and prepare to laugh. Alrighty. Uh, I mean, (laughs) if you're easily persuaded to laugh by things, it is just a bunch of clips of Invader Zim set to this song. I did find it. Alright, then we have a Reddit post. Uh, And here's a picture of smoldering eye Matisse and staring us down. Um... Mick defenseless an answer to the question who's that wearing does it actually say mick mic sorry mc (laughs) okay tired we didn't even talk about we didn't yeah we 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 touched on it but like okay tson's the the second rapper and tson's the third rapper but we i can't we can't really tell who the voices are of i told you my name was mc defenseless I can't really tell who's yelling pepperoni. It's definitely Tyson yelling it, saying it was all just a dream. Not really sure who says snakes. Could be Tyson, but like oh, I always thought it was when it comes to Brian and Dave and Hoops's voices, like I don't really know their talking voices too well. And this is not really singing. Like I can tell that it's Hoops singing on the songs that Hoops sings on because maybe not right away, but I'm like, oh, this isn't exactly Tyson. But when it comes to talking, forget it. Forget it. I have no idea who is playing the parts that definitely aren't Tyson. Okay, uh, so this is posted by Dissonance07 295 days ago, so less than a year. Did you ever listen to Silly Shoes and wonder who MC Defenseless was? Did he have any other tunes? How did he end up on that track? The other day, I found myself asking that same question. So here's what I found out about MC Defenseless. One half of the duo behind Silly Shoes, the hidden track on the end of two lefts. In the liner, in the in two lefts liner notes, Silly Shoes is not credited separately, but Tyson thanks Kevin Pendem, MC Defenseless. Oh, Pendem is, is it right there? It was right there in the liner notes the whole time. Pendem is a fr- apparently a friend of Tyson's going back a long ways. Both Matts, Brian, and Kevin grew up in Bolivia, Ohio. At the at the time, MySpace folded. Kevin was MySpace friends with basically every member of Reliant K, as well as a bunch of their close friends. And he was in the coveted top eight for Matt T's personal account. Matt T included Kevin in the album thanks sections for at least their first five records. And in their self-titled, he is thanked amongst a long-suffering crew that he worked with at a Wendy's. A bio from a seemingly defunct Last FM page says Kevin used to work with Matt T at Wendy's. This was apparently the source of the name of their perpetrated duo, Matt Tyson and the Makeout Girls. This band name oh, appears. Oh, we heard in, about this. Yeah, this band name appears in a bunch of biographies of the band, which have been scrapped from old versions of their Wikipedia page. <laughs> the original listing from 2006 from a prolific Reliant K wiki content editor was unsighted, but survived for at least a decade. Googling this band name yields few substantial results, most of them different versions of the bio above. Silly, and because that's, uh, you can click the original listing from 2006 link on here. Uh, Silly Shoes appears to be the only song publicly credited to the duo. Anyone with more info on the public origin of this band name, the Makeout Girls, is welcome to sound off in the comments. I suspect it had to be included in at least one piece of publicity material or interview on a fan site, but I can't find it listed on any album notes. To make the, to me, this makes sense. 
as it seems like it came about as a fun informational thing Kevin and Matt did just for the album. Beyond Silly Shoes, Pendon was also credited in gang vocals on Anatomy of the Tongue-in-Cheek. In at least 2004, Kevin had a band in Canton called Atlas Songs. Due to link death, that music appears lost to the ether. I can find little more about Kevin before 2008, but he is listed on the soundtrack of a 2008 Nashville indie film called Make Out with Violence, for which it appears he played <laughs> drums, unless I am badly mistaken. The name similarly is probably a coincidence. From a variety of contexts, it seems like he might have done gig musician work on and off for a long time. From 2009 to 2014, he headed a local Nashville hip-hop band called Big Sur and the Greater Good. Last year, he posted a bunch of music on Bandcamp. Otherwise, seems to be just a normal guy living a normal life. Seems to be still friendly with Tyson and presumably the rest of the guys. Uh, TLDR, Matt Tyson probably met him at a Wendy's and they've been friends ever since. And then there's two comments. Uh... Zach Pledger said, good collection of info here. And you can see my socks said, this is a great deep dive. Thank you for your service. Something he's never said to us. <laughs> I feel like he has. I feel like he has said <laughs> stuff like that. I'm just teasing. <laughs> okay, so I'm, so I opened it up and I opened up the booklet. and I'm lo- I looked at both the gold and the non-gold booklets, which are pretty much the same anyway. And... Yeah, under Matt T's specific thank you block, there's Kevin Pendon, and then in parentheses, MC Defenseless. So that must be him. There you go. Especially because I was like, this the, the voice of MC Defenseless does sound a lot stronger and more confident in the rap thing than Tyson or anybody else. Right. So it seems to me like Kevin Pendon did have... It's the only almost legitimate sounding thing on this track is the confidence with which MC Defenseless raps. And I was like, if is that... It, I don't think it's Hoops or Brian. It could be Dave. But no, it turns out it's this Kevin Pendon. And I'm looking at... Just side note, I'm looking at other thank yous on here. There's uh, Katie Hudson and Chris York, and all these names. And then there's Ethan Luck and John Warren. But you know who's not thanked in here years before? John Schneck. What the heck? That's, that's, <laughs> what the heck, John What the Schneck? heck, John Schneck? We should get John Schneck. <laughs> that's my favorite Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> right. We should get John Schneck to do a regular segment on our podcast called What the Heck with John Schneck. <laughs> Um, that, okay, well, at least we figured it. Thank we, you, Dissonance 07, yeah, for doing our work for us. I think us. that feels pretty <laughs> accurate that it's that's Kevin Pendon being MC Defenseless. I mean, that's got to be it. Now, the Makeout Girls thing, the only time I'd ever heard of that was when uh, Daniel introduced me to Matt Thiessen's high school friend Walter on Facebook, who we've mentioned. I just mentioned him again recently on the Tim Eddings episode. And, one of, and when... Daniel and I were talking to Walter on a public uh, five on the Five Iron Frenzy Facebook group. It was Daniel who brought up the Makeout Girls, which at that moment I had never heard of before. But yeah, apparently they had a band. There was a band or a group of friends, and there's very little information from back then called the Makeout Girls, 
which I think is hilarious. And that it's like, you know, I don't know. I just find it hilarious, like how much incredibly hard line uh, purity culture is tied to the idea of Reliant K, but Reliant K has never been hardline purity culture. No, they've been making out. <laughs> making out. You and I, we should be, could be making out. I also heard recently... Speaking heard of it, disco. I, was, I, I, re- I heard a thing where it was like, someone. it wasn't even a Christian podcast or anything, it was a movie podcast, and they were talking about Quakers, because they were talking about a movie where there's like a Quaker thing in it. And I was like, oh, you know, and at that moment, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, uh, you know, Canton was like a Quaker town and there's like a Quaker influence in the churches there. And then he's talking about how like the Quakers are actually, I don't know how accurate this is, but the Quakers believe that God is in everything and everyone or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. God is in everything and everyone. It just makes me wonder, like, research more specifically about the denominations that Reliant K's specific groups were in. Mm, Because as we've seen more hardline reaction and people pissed off that Reliant K is suddenly gay affirming. And I'm like, there's no proof that they were ever not gay affirming. And it just seems more and more that they were not as strictly hard right or hard line or overtly uh, separated from the world as a lot of their fandom as a, as a good section of their fandom feels like somehow Reliant K was there with them condemning the world. And all Reliant K ever condemned was Marilyn Manson and beer and tight sweaters. I mean, light beer. Light beer. Yeah. Um. Then over on Pinterest, we have a picture of some really beat up vans. And it says, how did Matt T's shoes get so worn? Okay. There are van slip-ons. At one point in time, they appear to have been black. But yeah, they're all beat up and chewed up. Is it actually supposed to be a pair of Matt Thiessen shoes that someone found? It came up in my deep dive and it said, how did Matt T's shoes get so worn? Maybe it's some other Matt T. I don't have any any other uh, information because Pinterest is not easy to navigate (laughs) like that. Get your act together, Pinterest. You could be the replacement for Twitter. Oh, that's right. Then I have a new music announcement. Not for this, but for another band. And it references this track specifically. Oh. <laughs> uh, from April two, uh, April 20th, 2001. Oh, yeah. Colony House. Colony House has a new single out, and it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. And this is on... Uh, mattsmusic.ca Canadian Matt Teason's website. Colony House has new has a new single out and it's fantastic. Oh yeah, it's great. This song, which is 4 minutes and 20 seconds long, was released on April 20th. It's very reminiscent of the 90s, specifically the Beastie Boys. It's like a rap, rap rock hip hop track. If you're a fan of the Beastie Boys, Earth Suit, or the bonus track Silly Shoes on Reliant K's Two Lefts Don't Make a Right But Three Do, then you're going to love this track. What a random reference. Even the music <laughs> video, as zany and crazy as it is. What's the name of this song? Oh yeah, O space Y-A by Colony House. Uh, even the music video, as zany and crazy as it is, there are some parallels with Beastie Boys. The angle of the camera shooting up at them, the fake mustaches and wigs. Oh, oh goodness gracious. 
<laughs> I highly recommend watching the music video. Warning, though, it does contain quite a few flashing lights. So if you're prone to seizures, do not watch. I definitely hear the Beastie Boys influence. I mean, this just sounds better than anything. <laughs> On Silly Shoes? On, in the Silly Shoes track. This sounds like real music. Is this OK Go? Is the music video like going to be like millions of dollars and some incredible artistic giant achievement? That's fun. Yeah, that's nice. Or is this a uh, Family Force Five Party right. Rock? Uh, okay, then Breathcast Five punk rock bands every Christian music fan should know. The following the Sex Pistols. is a list of five Christian music bands every punk bands every music fan should suicidal listen tendencies. To. Punk rock covers a wide scope of styles these days, and the, the dwarves. list focuses on the mostly straight-up punk rock of these bands' origins. Also important to keep in mind is this is not an ex- exhaustive list. There are many great well, bands not included Well, no, it's like you said five here. bands, right? That's not exhaustive. And this is from June 30th, 2014. MXPX. MXPX originally magnified plaid. What was that? Mm, noise well you know my feelings on whether or not relying k is a christian band they're not and i'm only saying that because they don't think they're a christian band anymore you mean mxpx what did i say relying Relying k K. i don't think relying k is a christian i think (laughs) relying k is technically relying k is a christian band mxpx isn't a mxpx is not a christian band anymore and that's because they're not a Christian band and they don't want to be a Christian band. And they still tour with Christian bands. They still play with Christian bands because those bands are their friends. But uh, it's, you know, and they don't go around making big mission statements about how we don't believe this or we do believe that anymore. They just, they've always just been a punk band. They always just played punk shows. They never, ever, ever did a church tour except maybe early, early in their career when it was the only because they didn't avenue. have any place to go so they went to the punk rock show. Exactly. Uh, MXPX originally magnified plaid have been rocking crowds since 1992 and are not only one of the most consistent bands in Christian music but in nope. rock music history. Yeah, they are one of the most consistent bands. In their 22... But they're not, not in Christian music. In their 22-year career, the band has put out nine albums, seven EPs, two cover albums, a Christmas album, a live album, and four compilations with two of them being greatest hits albums with so much material the band is still going strong all these years later they are pioneers of west coast punk slash pop punk and have influenced many bands since their start their 1996 album life in general is highly regarded as a classic punk album uh key songs punk rock show chick magnet responsibility and everything sucks when you're gone reliant k Perhaps the most famous group on the list, Reliant K, was able to infiltrate mainstream music with their blend of humorous, nostalgic, and sometimes downright silly punk, pop punk anthems. However, they really hit their stride with the more uh, carefully crafted, thought-provoking songs on self-reflection later. 
on. Discovered and signed by Toby remember, Mac. I don't remember an album called Self Reflection. Reliant K is definitely up there as one of the biggest crossover Christian bands of all time. And although they have not made as much noise recently, the band is still going strong as they released Collapsible Lung last year. They have oh, seven so albums, <laughs> two compilations. A's, EPs, and a B-side. Well, I knew we weren't, because you said nine MXPX albums, so I was like, okay, well, the self-titled MXPX wasn't out yet, so this is not 2018, but... Key songs, pressing on, chapstick chap lips and things like chemistry, be my escape, and who I am hates who I've been. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Slick Shoes. I didn't know Slick Shoes was a Christian band. This is news to me. <laughs> That's so funny. I had no idea. And you've seen Slick Shoes a number of times yep. with MXPX. I didn't know that. And <laughs> I've dragged you to see MXPX, and you've been like, well, Slick Shoes is there, so I'll have a good time. You learn something new every day. We were at the Slick Shoes live album <laughs> taping, and we you were. didn't know they were Christian? No, I didn't we're, know. You, they, you, did, they're not the Supertones. They didn't stop in the middle to have a little worship set. I didn't know. So just, it's true. Jessica and I were at the Slick Shoes live taping for their album, Broadcasting Live. And if at the end of track four... If you put on big headphones and you listen really closely, you can hear me in the audience go, patreon.com slash You absolutely cannot. Don't lie. Slick Shoes is a punk band from the same vein of MXPX as they had that West Coast sound and fast pop and skate punk feel to them. The band released their last album in 2003, Far From Nowhere, and have... Uh, oh, since so, reunited yeah, was, a few times because this is articles from right, 2014. Right, because like she's just had a new album. Although they might be on an indefinite hiatus right now, they took They the will never return! Scene. God is my witness. There will be no more Slick Shoes material ever. They took the underground punk scene by storm in the mid to late 90s. Slick Shoes has five albums, two EPs, and a greatest hits album. Key songs. Alone, Friday Night, Angel, and Candy Cover. Candy Cover can... And take a oh, long, short hike off a goodness gracious long wait a long walk off a short bridge. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just because it's a song that they had on the um one of the punk goes things, and it's like not a oh good gosh. cover, and it's not okay. a good song for them, but it's like their most heard thing. It's not good. It should not be their legacy. Dogwood. If MXPX were pioneers in Christian punk, Dogwood is the founding fathers. These guys play true punk similar to secular bands, No Effects, and The Offspring. Um, Have you never heard of a little band called One Bad Pig? What Dogwood did (laughs) best is opposed to any other bands on this list was have you never heard of lust most, control they were definitely the most blatantly christian most of dog <laughs> that you know that, that i do know that we have seen them live and i was like oh wow these are like very uh christian lyrics <laughs> when that song starts up and it's just the bass and then you hear him go i killed the son of god today and jessica looks at me she's like whoa <laughs> Most of Dogwood's success came in the late 90s and early 2000s, although they were making waves. See, the thing is, is that it's not that I'm, like, opposed to that. Like, I I love Christian music and stuff. I grew up a Christian. I still, uh, you know, consider myself a Christian. The thing is, is that it was just, like, I didn't grow up in that, like, This this culture, this, like, Christian music culture. Like... I just happened to stumble upon Reliant K. I didn't grow up in it either. Like, I just, you know. I, I self-imposed so. <laughs> it upon myself when I discovered it existed. So, uh, it's very much like, 
it's all a whole new world to me because the only Christian rock shows I had ever seen when I met Danny was Reliant K once, and it was when they had played with Simple Plan and Good Charlotte. The greatest Christian rockers of all time, <laughs> Good Charlotte. Every you ever other, heard The River? <laughs> every other Christian show I've been to was with since was with Danny. So I was like, I just didn't know like how... Uh, also the greatest hip-hoppers of all time, Good Charlotte. The greatest punk <laughs> hip-hoppers of all time. It was just, you know, you know, I, I, it was just coming into just a whole new world for me. And so sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, this is like shining very, and new. Right. Um, most of Dogwood's success came in the late 90s and early 2000s, although they were making waves in the underground as early the underground scene at the underground show as early as 1993. <laughs> the band has not officially broken up, but is on hiatus and has not released an album since 2003's Sist- Systemic. The band has seven albums, a live album, and one greatest hits record. Now, they haven't released a new album, but they did have some reunion shows. And I think that they were technically broken up. By the time this person would have written this list, they were not together. They just went on a permanent hiatus, like a semi-permanent hiatus. Key songs, Never Die, Building a Better Me, Good Times, and More Than Conquerors. All great songs, all bangers. When I saw, I went to see Good... uh, So I got to see... Dogwood twice since we've been living in California for the last eight years. And one time was with Jessica, opening for MXPX and Five Iron Frenzy in Ventura. And the other time is the only time I've ever been to the Chain Reaction. I went by myself. Jessica's like, I don't need to go see a Dogwood headlining show. <laughs> I went to the Dogwood headlining show by myself. Every song's a hit, as far as I'm concerned. And I don't know if you dissect their theology, this or that, but like every song by Dogwood is musically and melodically perfect. We changed the water cooler out on our break, and I just realized (laughs) it's been going. This last band on this list, I've never heard of. FM Static. I've heard of them, but I've not listened to them. They are, like, I think they're a post-Reliant K pop-punk band. FM Static is the brainchild of Thousand Foot Crutch frontman Trevor McNevin and drummer Steve Augustine. Well, Augustine's a cool last name, like St. Augustine. Uh, Well, this band is the least accomplished on the list in terms of longevity and albums. They are the most recent and had moderate success with the help of Thousand Foot Crutch. They have been mostly on a studio band the last few years, as McNevin and Augustine are the only constants. Also, this group takes a backseat to their main band, TFK, which is one of Christian music's biggest bands. FM Static currently has four albums, and the status of the band at this time is kind of up in the air. What, what is TFK? What does that stand Thousand for? Thousand Foot Crutch. Oh, oh, I see. Sorry. That's okay. It's literally <laughs> right above there. I just read it, and I just didn't realize it was one of Christian Music's biggest bands. I only figured it. When you said TFK, I had the same reaction you did. I'm but so I was looking. No, but I was looking. I had the same reaction you did. But I was looking at Thousand Foot Crutch's discography on Spotify, so I immediately clicked it in my brain. I apologize. I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast or not. I know Danny tweeted it, but this episode is coming out late because I've been a little <laughs> under the weather. So I'm sorry for all of my uh, mix-ups. Uh Key songs, definitely, maybe. Oh, like the movie Crazy Mary, Tonight, <laughs> and so Moment funny. of Truth. <laughs> I remember we saw Definitely Not Maybe. It was one of definitely the. Definitely, maybe. Definitely, maybe. Definitely not, maybe. <laughs> we saw the movie Definitely, maybe. It was one of the 
few. We saw it in New York. Yeah, it was one of the few romantic movies we've ever been to see together. <laughs> well, no, it was only few. It was early on in our in our dating. Well, still relatively early on in our dating, and for a long time, that was like the only. I think it came out on like. Uh, I think it was Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, yeah. And it was the only romantic movie we saw because we had we also saw it, around that same those same years the Friday the Thirteenth remake on Valentine's Day. And maybe <laughs> Avatar. That's kind we of we saw romantic, the first Avatar. Hey, we're coming. Fi- we're coming uh, back. Coming and we're back still soon. together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have known we'd still be together by the time? I'm just kidding. By the time Avatar two came out. Who would have thought Avatar 2 would ever come out? It hasn't happened yet, so. It might still not happen. This is definitely maybe by by FX, FM Static. Yeah, it sounds like a... Christian music? It sounds like Christian music. I was going to say sounds like some good Charlotte Simple Plan style music. I've not listened to FM Static. I, I, I have no context to know that what I'm about to say is absolutely true, but I remember one time I was... I don't even remember where I was. If I was at a church thing or I was at like a, I was at like a, I think I was at a volunteer thing for fixing up a church building or fixing up a building for a church or something, whatever, some sort of. You were on a mission trip to Mexico. It wasn't a mission trip. It was a volunteer thing. And someone was playing Thousand Foot Crutch on their stereo, but it was a punk song. And Thousand Foot Crutch, I don't think has like a bunch of punk songs but this one early thousand foot crunch crutch song was a punk song and it literally sounded exactly sonically and even the voice exactly like the band phoenix tx who are a very dirty pop punk post blink 182 band mark hoppus even manages them for a short while and i was like I was like, who, who is this? Because the person who was playing it was like not someone who would be listening to Phoenix TX. And it was like, this is Thousand Foot Crutch. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, interesting. There's a band that sounds exactly like Phoenix TX. But then when I downloaded some Thousand Foot Crutch songs, I was like, none of these songs sound like Phoenix TX. To this day, I still don't know what song that was, if it was really Thousand Foot Crutch, or if somewhere deep in their discography, they have one punk song that sounds exactly like Phoenix TX. Or if it didn't sound as much like Phoenix TX as I thought it did at the time. Well, anyway. That's what I have for us today. Well, Wait, I think I should actually double check my notes because I just realized I just put my phone down and was like, yes, we are done now. <laughs> uh, there's a Reliant K Fun Facts page over on DeviantArt that's really old. Um, just I- I'll be the judge of through, how fun they are. I'm not going to go through all of them because it's extremely long, <sighs> um, but it's out there. Let's see. Reliant K Fan Club from September 23rd, 2006, and they have a little GIF as their profile image. Hmm. It's this Reliant Cage of the letters, and then it has the members from the Five Score era. Okay. Well, Jessica. Yes. We'll get into the stuff that I have. There's no clips of Reliant K themselves. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Here's a good one. Okay. Did you know that the band was established in 1998 in Canton, Ohio? Or that the band was named after Matt Hoop's Plymouth Reliant car? What? Does it say how they were enjoying Warp Tour? <laughs> Oh, I haven't gotten to that point. Yeah, we're. They've enjoyed Warp Tour, Warped Tour which is the most important question. See now, if I ever get to interview Reliant K, Matisse, and Matt Hoops, that's the main question. Put that on the list. How did you enjoy Warp Tour? Because I don't feel like they were ever asked that question enough. 
At the beginning of concert, Matty's hair is blonde. By the end, it's usually got hints of light brown. Funny, eh? What? That is called sweat. <laughs> what the f- That sounds like a conspiracy. At the beginning <laughs> of concert, he has blonde hair. By the end of concert, he has kind of brown hair. What are you talking about? And what and when what shape gets, is the earth? When your when your hair gets wet, it it gets darker. So I'm sure he just gets sweaty out and, there on stage, and so it just looks. And darker. do you think the sun has changed color over the last no. thirty years? Um, and no one's talking about it. This is interesting, though. Dave and Matt Hoops sing on album tracks. Here's the scoop: Matt H. pressing on both verses back and forth with Matt T. Live. Oh, oh okay, live. Uh, those words are not enough. Select lines. Example, when it's twice as hard to realize. Chapstick, chap lips, and things like chemistry. Select lines. I'm the dumbest one. I mean with everyone. Uh, Dave, failure to excommunicate both verses with Matt T. Okay. Hoops, I did it again. You're you're done? No, no, you can keep going. Hoops, I did it again. First verse, back and forth with Matt T. Am I understood? Second half of the first verse and back and forth with Matt T. Ending, the noise has broken my defense. Your voice has broken my defense. I so hate consequences. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. I so hate consequences. I'm allergic to this article. Both verses on the, we're almost done. And bridge, back and forth with Matt T. More than useless, both verses, both, both, back and forth with Matt T. Life and death after taxes, failure to, first verse, apathetic way to be, first verse. Failure to what? I'm just kidding. You can hear Matt T on the Folds CD, This Too Shall Pass. I think I've come across that on YouTube before. Oh, but it's forbidden. There's a little little man telling me it's forbidden. Pure volume might not be there anymore. Oh, is that a thing, huh? That it's gone or whatever? So... Are you are you all set? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'm good now. Oh, there's also uh, I found base tabs for this. What? Biggestbasetabs.com. To what part? Oh, to the guitar wait, part? No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is for Anchorage. Apologies. <laughs> apologies. <laughs> what you're doing next week? Yeah, we we we. Uh, so Danny was like, oh, okay. So we went back and forth on whether week. we were doing Anchorage's silly yeah. shoes. Danny's like, we're doing Anchorage this week. I go, okay, great. So I do all my Anchorage research. I get everything all prepped and ready. And then he's like, oh, you know what? I re- like two days ago, he's like, oh, you know what? I just realized the night we were supposed to record, he's like, oh, I just realized we were actually supposed to do silly shoes this week. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, now I need to do all my research for silly shoes then because I thought you said we were doing Anchorage. And then four days later, we finally recorded. Right. Well, there's no footage of Reliant K performing this song live, I'm sorry to say. When you type in Reliant K... Now, you know, the title of this song is not officially, canonically Silly Shoes. That is just the fan-accepted title of the song. So I had to do a couple of different searches to make sure I was finding everything possible. We still don't know what Reliant K... Right, because in the studio, like Personally, the computer tracks yeah. could have been called dumb rap, rap song or something. Right. It could, I don't know. It could, it could be have been called, called pepperoni. For all we know, some fans called it pepperoni because it's the opening salvo of the song is the yelling of pepperoni. Does anyone call it snakes? I did not find anyone calling it snakes. Maybe I should do that search just in case. But when I did type in Reliant K rap song, mm-hmm. thinking I might get someone who didn't think of it as called Silly Shoes, what I got was a super incredibly blown out to the point of you can't even tell what song they're playing 
in Baker's uh, live video from Bakersfield 2010 on the Paramore tour where they opened for Paramore. And I went to the Bakersfield 2010 setlist FM to figure out what song could this possibly be. This must be some rap rock song that they were covering. It was Cakes the Distance. Ah. And this person bothered to film it. Completely unlistenable <laughs> track. I won't destroy your ears by playing a segment of it. Let me just say who it's posted by so you can go listen to it yourself. They did not know that it was The Distance by Cake, so they called it Reliant K Rap Song. Well, here it is playing on the Bluetooth. It's uploaded oh, wow. by Sing In Core. Sing In K O R E. This is Reliant K Rap Song, live in Bakersfield, California, 5 15 2010. You can't tell what this oh, is. Oh, wow, it's so cursed. <laughs> they must have been like right next to the speaker. I apologize if you could hear me just a second ago. That's I, fine. I, there was. My stomach has been hurting. There was a starburst on the table. I was like, oh. So eating starburst on no. on Mike? Jessica, do you think this is Magnified Pod? They I, literally eat starburst on Mike. I don't know Mike. how they, I was just about to say, I don't know how they do it because I felt so self-conscious and horrible because no one wants to hear your mouth noises I always that I hid past behind my hoodie because I felt so like self-aware and I felt so horrible for doing it. I was like, no one needs to hear my saliva. I don't have like a phobia of eating noises, but I've, I learned a long time ago that I can't listen to food podcasts because Doug Benson is one of my favorite comedians and podcasters. I've been listening to his podcast since 2010. I've been listening to his podcast for 12 years. The only one he has had multiple podcasts Doug Loves Movies is the main one. I could not listen to his food podcast because I just couldn't take it. He would have professional chefs. You're not into chefs. mukbangs or mukbangs or whatever they're called. I can watch a food po- thing on YouTube, but I can't just live with it directly in my ears. There's been multiple, and I tried... But isn't that the point of the of the eating YouTube? Oh, like the ASMR thing yeah. with the little eating? Like, no, I mean, I don't listen to ASMR food things, but I can watch someone review food and ha- watch them chewing. There's that... What's that very, like, that very, that guy who wears the suit and he reviews, like, fast food and stuff and he's a little fallow looking? I don't know his name. It's so creepy. Danny puts this on sometimes. I don't like, know his name. This is horrifying. I'm, I'm not subscribed to him. He just pops up vibe, on my algorithm once in a while. It's It's frightening. Casey Green, the, comedi- the, the comic artist, must have recently discovered him because he was just posting clips of him on his Twitter. Sounds about right. And it was so funny. Sounds about right. Um, I feel bad enough when you can hear me take my large gulps of water. Like. But yeah, Magnified Pod, they eat Starburst and talk about Starburst. Starburst is like an ongoing theme in their show, and it's the only thing I have to skip past. Other than them, t- Starburst, <laughs> they're eating candy on Mike and listening to Page of the Lion <laughs> after, uh, like, Control and After. Those are the only things I can't stand to listen to being talked about because the sounds of both of those things make me not want to live. (laughs) So there is also, you know, we talked about what's that Kanye West song, the simple life or the sweet life or whatever it's called. They did a bunch of covers of that on warp tour and they would lead into the best thing. We talked about it when we did the best thing because they would do a Kanye West cover directly into the best thing all the time. So that also came up. But we talked about it in the best thing. And also Kanye is canceled. He sh- should have been canceled a long time ago. He's extra canceled now. Um, but so we don't need to play that right now. But I would like to remind you that not counting Cakes the Distance, 
This is not the first rap song we have talked about on a regular weekly episode of Sadie Hawkins Pod. Do you remember? Or should I say, the last time we talked about a rap song, it was Sonic Hedgehog Pod. That's right. That's right. We very much right. We talked about Speed Me Up by Wiz Khalifa (laughs) for uh, April Fool's basically one year when the second Sonic the Hedgehog movie came out. Is that why we came up in my in my deep dive this week? I think our Twitter or something. Did we really? Yeah, probably. Well, it was for this or Anchorage. I'm really not (laughs) sure. I did I did the my deep dives like two like back to back basically. So (laughs) well, I I have not listened to this. It could be a disaster. It might not have worked. But I did put Silly Shoes and Speed Me Up by Wiz Khalifa into Rave DJ. And we're going to listen to what it sounds like right now. There might be an ad. Nope. Here it goes. So far, so far, it's less of a mess than Silly Shoes on its own. (laughs) But we haven't gotten into the real messy bit yet. Holding up so far. Speed Me Up is such a better song than Silly Shoes. (laughs) Unironically. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a tease. Cutting it right before the hook. From Speed Me Up. Fantastic. I love it, like, ladies and gentlemen, the worst freestyle rapper. And I don't remember if this is Little Yachty or Ty Dollar Sign, but then it cuts to whichever one this is. <laughs> the ladies and gentlemen, the worst freestyle rapper. Oh, no. I uh, I only know this isn't Suko the Child. Uh, but this is working really well. You love the little ring sound. <laughs> holding up which is crazy because they never hold up this long wild the whole thing yeah we're sure to get get yeah. slammed for uh oh, copyright. We, we didn't get a single who's gonna talk about a silly shoe we didn't get a single silly shoe we, we barely got a silly shoes right at the end is this the end that was it that's oh, wow. it, it just okay. ended i think it just maybe didn't get to that part of silly shoes maybe it did well I'm there's sure. 11 seconds left <laughs> okay it didn't get to the end then <laughs> amazing 
<laughs> that works no out. No, the, the snakes. snakes didn't. The snakes uh... didn't make it to the end. Snakes didn't make it to the end. So this song is like something like so. Silly shoes is something like um, three minutes and. Th- 55 seconds or we, three we minutes and 25 seconds i know i just wanted to compare because in four minutes be, be my escape is four minutes and it doesn't feel over long it doesn't feel too short it's perfect like you're there for the full four minutes but the three minutes of silly shoes is the most like <laughs> the worst use of time or like it's ever made just, it feels longer than three minutes i remember when we, we were just wasted three minutes on yeah your life. yeah like literally crayons can melt on us do is we not still a waste play of that time. at the end of the podcast we do yeah I know we, we don't, don't do sing the over lyric it anymore um so just I remember thinking when we were getting the ready bits to bits lasted longer than us singing the episode <laughs> length over the end. We should bring that back. I remember thinking when we were prepping to get ready for this episode this week, I was like, oh man, silly shoes. That's that's like it's like six minutes long. It's gonna be such a pain in the <laughs> it neck. It feels like it. It feels like it, but it's not that long. So You have that Invader Zim video for us. Do you wanna watch it? I mean, I'll just take it. It's a just peek clips of Invader Zim. I don't really bring AMVs to the show that often anymore unless it's a really unique fandom. It or Alyssa. Opens with. Oh, that's nice. And one of the little critters wave in. Danny, you were a big Invader Zim fan. Do you recognize all these uh, things? Did you like going to Hot Topic to buy your Invader Zim merch back in the day? I did. You know I did. We have the Gur doll that I bought from Hot Topic. Did you uh Did you wear your jelly bracelets and eyeliner and no. go around with your Invader Zim t-shirts? You know, on? Invader Zim belongs to a lot of people. It doesn't belong to like it's like you asked me like oh you like sonic the hedgehog huh do you go around drawing your sonic porn like no <laughs> just because one group just because one group of fans have have affected the main the 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 view of us saw sonic fans to everyone else wow i'm sorry to uh okay to- Oh, this is pretty good, actually. So they're actually editing it together so it looks like the Invader Zim characters are doing the raps. Oh, that's cute and fun. The rappings. Oh, that's fun. I never watched Invader Zim. I've just seen whatever that new movie was. Yeah, you you. saw the movie. You can really just watch the movie. It's the movie looks it's stylistically better than the show. Like I went back to watch some episodes of the show and I'm like, oh, no, the show actually looks dated now compared to the movie. So there's a bunch of fan videos, and we're going to watch them at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. We're going to do another live-to-tape video stream and release that. Uh, oh, and now Patreon. In a few days. <laughs> yeah, we better we got to get it out before the end of November. And uh, Patreon now has a closed-circuit video service. Oh, finally! In the past, if you are run a Patreon and you want to have video for your patrons, you had to find some other place to serve the video. And, you know, in the easiest thing to do was have a YouTube video that's unlisted but public. And then just give that link to your patrons. But then technically, anyone can find that link. 
you know, if you find that link outside of the Patreon, then it's available. Well, now you actually have to go into the Patreon. Although, patrons, maybe you prefer the YouTube videos. Let and us I, know what you prefer. Yeah. So we're going to watch all of the... Maybe you like sharing the wealth that is Danny and <laughs> <laughs> I don't want our comedic gold just getting out there if we're not getting paid for it. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, there are a bunch, and there's like a bunch of them are from like 2007, and they are all these fan music videos of bored teenagers, always giant groups of friends, five groups, you know, five friends. There's one where it's like eight kids, and they are just making like these big trope-filled rap videos with a camera in their backyards and their grandma's living room, and... Well, it sounds like this song really spoke to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 what you said. It speaks to that randomness of when you're a teenager and you just think this is like the funniest thing that could yep. possibly be. And you just want to get up and start making your own Look, purposefully Reliant bad K rap. Look, knows their audience. We are looking at this as jaded adult Stan. That's but I always thought it was bad because oh. I always knew. You've them. always been a jaded adult. I've always been a jaded adult. We talked about it. I didn't start yelling at clouds when I became an old man. I've been yelling at clouds since I was 14 years old. <laughs> Buying his own shoes at like 10 or whatever. Right. <laughs> He's like, I love these really dull, boring, beige airwalk shoes let me spend my birthday money on getting a second pair who does that as a child danny well you read the newspaper every morning too no but there's like a nostalgic feeling to like (laughs) picking up the newspaper but then the actual reading of it is like boring it was like oh i'm gonna go get the newspaper and i'm gonna go place the newspaper next to me and then i'm gonna throw the newspaper away all the fun parts of having a newspaper it's like the sims so uh yeah there's a there's two speaking of sonic there are two sonic fan videos set to this one is edited out of like animated pixel art like actual pixels of sonic characters from the video games like animated like they are doing the rap and another one is just a collection of fan art (laughs) the previously just mentioned sonic pornographic fan art i'm just kidding it's not pornographic it's just you know it's just it's just sonic fan art set to a music video Oh, and there's another one that's like a church project. With this is this is all stuff you can also watch. Also with Sonic? No, not with oh. Sonic. There's another one that's a church project. Sorry, I don't always like transition what I'm saying correctly. But there's another one that's like <laughs> it's like a church project. Like they they edited together like the pastor making it look he they filmed the pastor giving a regular sermon, but then they edited the song over it so it looked like he's doing the bad rapping, and then they took the guitar player and the worship band and they made it sound like he was doing the run dmc style heavy guitar cute stuff real cute stuff all right (laughs) but instead we'll end on what i think is way more important and that is this this is the rap song that i think this is the this is the you know what did you say dogwood is the godfathers of christian punk according to that one person this I don't believe I said that. No, the the article that you read said that. Uh, so after this Google Pixel ad, I will let you know. Uh, 
Here is the godfather of silly raps. Jessica, do you remember... And I say raps on purpose because it's not what you're supposed to say. This is uploaded by Victorian Rose Corner. Victorian Rose Corner, 13 years ago, only 219 views. We're the 220th. Do you remember this classic proto-silly rap? Jessica's eyes just widened. I do not remember this. I swear I recognize at least one of those women. This is one, two, three, four, five, six. Six church moms, basically. Although we're outside. to North Carolina? (laughs) I don't know. We're outside of the Relying K Christian YouTube circles right now i just found this it's called fast food silly song and it says the oh it is actually christian the calvary baptist church quote-unquote choir sings a silly song including many popular eateries lots of fun so i've heard this song before i've heard this rhyme and i thought maybe you had heard of it before pizza hut kentucky fried chicken and the pizza hut it's one of those, like, things that kids do on the playground. Like, Grandpa Simpson smells of gin. <laughs> hey, that's obsession for men. This is one of those, like, kiddie songs you play on the play- sing on the playground. But it's a bunch of church moms singing it. No, we had the Whoop Barney's Dead song. They're just having a lovely time. They sure are. You had the Barney's Dead song. How did that go? Barney's Dead. Barney's no, Dead. I'm, I'm trying to remember because I can only remember <laughs> something about I'm getting shot in the head. Mama called the doctor and the doctor said, whoop, Barney's Dead. Whoop, Barney's Dead. That's the only bit that I can remember. I hope remember you didn't sing 90s. that song on the set of Barney's Great Adventure <laughs> when you were when you were a featured it's extra. Barney in the Land of Make-Believe. And no, I did not. I don't actually believe I ever sang that song as a kid, but other kids did on the playground. And I was, was offended too violent because and offended for you. I liked Barney for a little longer than I was supposed to. So I didn't want other people to know that. Though, Oh my gosh, this just unlocked a memory. Okay, so I liked Barney for a little bit longer than I was supposed to. And I remember being embarrassed because... You're part I of the Barney had, universe. You were in a Barney movie. It's I, not, you're allowed. I had Barney underwear. And I remember when I would go to the bathroom, I was like nervous that other people would see it under the stall. So I always kept my undies real high up when I went to the bathroom because I was nervous that someone would peek under and like see it. And then I would get teased because I already got teased for for enough other things. I wasn't like 15. Okay. I was like still in elementary school. I wasn't 15. I was 17. Okay. (laughs) I was still in elementary school, but it's like, you know, you reach that age and people are like, no, Barney's for babies. And it's like, well, but I still find him enjoyable. When I was a child, I wore the underwear of children, (laughs) but then I grew and I put childish underwear away. That reminds me of the last time I unironically said the word mommy. Because a kid made fun of me. I don't know how young or old I was. I think I was 20. <laughs> Just kidding. I thought, I've heard this story before and I thought it was daddy, but okay. No, it was not. It was oh, mommy. Okay. It was, I was in the, it was like in the neighborhood 
And my mom said, go find your sister. And I go and I find my sister and she's talking to some other kid in the neighborhood. And I'm like, mom, mommy's looking for you. And the kids, I, I don't and know. then your sister beat you up. <laughs> my sister, that kid and my sister beat me up. <laughs> the kid made fun of me. He's like, did you say mommy? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I'd never had the context to think you should grow out of that word at some point. Was I, this kid the same age as your sister? Because Danny's no. sister's three years younger than him. No, he, so. she was younger than <laughs> me. He was older. <laughs> He was. He could have been the same age as me, but I remember the feeling mm. that he was older than me oh, because okay. of this conversation. But he could have literally been younger than me, and I I misinterpreted the social situation. But I don't know how old he was. I don't know how old I was. I could probably look it up. It was right after a hurricane. Oh well, whatever. I just remember it was because I remember there was still like knockdown was it, trees. Was it Andrew was it Hurricane Andrew. I don't that was know. a big one from the nineties. I don't know. I might. You know what? Oh, if I'll you get back to everyone you know what, next week. You know what? You're a little bit older, if, so it wouldn't have been Andrew because I was in elementary school when Andrew happened. So I don't feel like you would have been of mommy stay, saying age still at that point. <laughs> well, that is "Silly Shoes" by Reliant K. I'm sorry to anyone who really loves silly shoes or finds it incredibly funny i guess i'm just a little older and i found it funny i was like oh this is fun and funny that they're doing this but it outwore its welcome to me very quickly in my life and it did not keep a place in my heart as like a hilarious song like i was already i was already into more like legitimately random stuff i was already jaded and watching like comedy central and stuff like (laughs) I was already a little comedy snob, so like fake, so like, you know, purposely bad stuff. I already knew real good bad movies. I liked Mystery Science Theater 3000. I didn't like purposefully bad. This is, if, if anything, this is the Sharknado of bad rap songs. This is like purposely Dan, bad. As we sit here on the brink of reaching two hours on this Silly Shoe Song podcast, right. do you like this song more or less or the same? If you're asking me, do I like vipers? Y'all cowards don't even smoke crack. More or less of the same. Gracious, what? I was trying to think of what's some great bad on purpose rap. I mean, bad not on purpose rap. So I put on vipers. Y'all cowards don't even smoke crack. Gotcha. Remember, I discovered him on YouTube recently. Yes, I do. Uh, I like this song a little more, to be honest. Y'all cowards don't even smoke crack. No, silly shoes. Even smoke crack. It's a great song. Um, silly shoes. Do we have to bleep that? I don't know. Does that count? Crack? I don't know. Crack is whack, kids. Don't do drugs. Stay in school. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I didn't give my answer. <laughs> what was your answer? I didn't hear you I over like the more. melodious tones of Viper. You like it more? I like it a little less. Sorry. It I happens. Like it. Yeah, it happens. It happens. What do I know? I don't like local construction, but like everyone in the world likes that song. So what local do I know? Construction is great. You're just you're just silly shoes, man. But I can respect your silly shoes. And with that, your respect is something I won't. I don't want to lose. And with that, we bid you adieu. Happy <laughs> Thanksgiving for and happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>